Hello, you're listening to the Ace Up Your Sleeve podcast. My name is Riken Young, a student of the Acting Company for Excellence and host of the Ace Up Your Sleeve podcast. Today, we are talking to Greg McKnight, the NTPA Senior Technical Director. Mr. Greg was a seasoned theater technician, having worked tech at many venues in DFW over the past two decades. In addition to leading technical theater aspects at NTPA, Mr. Greg has served as a director and music director for many shows and has written a half a dozen musicals that have premiered at NTPA. Greg also leads the new NTPA Studios film production program, providing an opportunity for actors and technicians in grades 5 through 12 to produce a film that will be screened at a local theater venue. Each film is performed and produced by NTPA students and directed by industry professionals. Welcome, Mr. Greg! Hi, I'm Mr. Greg, the season technical <laughs> director. Having worked tech in many venues of DFW over the past few decades. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful to have you on the show. <clears throat> this is fun. This is a nice little setup. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we're recording this in a costume closet. <laughs> what can I say? It's the most sound insulative place in the entire theater where you're not hearing many different other songs from either Beetlejuice, Hamilton, or anything in between. And so, just to begin, what is a theater technician? Um, so I see a theater technician as the engine that runs the, what is performed on stage. So if the actors, uh, are up there performing the show, the theater technician is the one that is making sure that the plates are still spinning, um, while they're going. We are the sticks that spin the plates. How about that? I like that analogy. (laughs) What inspired you to pursue the tech side of theater as a career? So, um, experience... Uh, I would say uh, experience begets experience, yeah. So I started in uh, working with computers with my dad, uh, ended up going to the church that we were going for, and uh, was not interested in doing anything but sitting on their computer uh, in the back. That led to running the sound, running the lights, and then from there, left there to work at the courtyard, and then from the courtyard got uh, sniped by here in TPA. So... (laughs) Yeah, the courtyard's a huge place, and what's um, like? What was your experience working there? So the courtyard was fun. We did a, a new show every single weekend. Uh, worked with a lot of of theater companies, a lot of mm-hmm. children's theaters. Not just in TPA. Not just in TPA. <clears throat> uh, we worked with, and it was every single weekend was a new show. So it was it was fun learning a new show, running tech for a new show. Every weekend was pretty cool. Nice. Uh, you've written half a dozen musicals in your lifetime, and you've seen many of them come to life on the stage. Tell us more about how you write a musical and what the process entails. My family is very musical, <clears throat> and so I've uh, started writing uh, music when I was uh, a kid. Um, I think the most important thing, so it, it works basically the same way if someone out there is a music writer, to understand how this goes. Um, it works the same way as deciding why you're going to write the song, uh, what the message is you're trying to get across. And then, so with a musical, it's deciding what is the message with a musical that you want to uh, portray, and then deciding why you feel like telling that message. And then I would say it moves straight into how. So is this a comedy? Is this a satire? Is this a, uh, you know, a well-rounded musical with romance (laughs) and and death um, and sadness in it? Once you figure out the why... And the how, 
everything starts falling into place. So you have your, oh, your character, and then how your characters interact with each other, and how the music is then, the characters sing the music, and how the music interacts with the characters, and all of that. So it's really fun. So I know for a lot of musicians, like, we tend to write, like, all the musical parts first, and then add on the lyrics. Do you, what's your process of writing a song? Like, do you write lyrics, and then music, or music, then lyrics, or do you have some entire unique way of doing it? So I, I don't know if my way is unique of doing it. I haven't talked to many other people that write musicals. <clears throat> but I know that my way of doing it is to, once I decide what style of music it is that I want to write, I will find uh, kind of like the, the main song of the musicals, the way that I started. It's figure out what is, what is the main scene or the main point that I want to, uh, the main uh, uh, scene or action or emotion of the character that's going to lead to the climax, basically, is right where I start. So I start there, I'll find a song that represents the style that I want to listen to, and then I will listen to that on repeat for hours and hours and hours, and imagine the scene in my head moving the little characters around, uh, deciding how they're going to interact with it. Then after I get the music set, so I guess I start with the music, then to answer your question. Oh. Start with the music with it, and then I will add the lyrics in to help, you know, try to get the character to speak the way that they feel going into it. And then eventually those lyrics will start to rhyme, and then a song comes out of it. And then the rest of the musical builds both ways off of that. So I go, I go a little forward and I go a little backwards, mostly backwards as I start with the climax. So. That's unique. I, that, that really is unique. Um, the, the many times I've attempted to write a musical, I start at the beginning and I just kind of, I go really strong and then it like falls apart. Yeah. But that's an interesting technique. I'm, I'm going to start using that now. Well, it works, it works really well if you start with a climax because it uh, tells you where you're going. You know, like you have a direction where you're headed to. There's some other things with writing a musical that people have, like, uh, after the intermission, you have, like, a big, like, act two opening number, and then you have, like, the big opening number for act one. So, like, once you have these, like, little rules in place, like, uh, I don't know, you know, following towards the way that you want to go with it, once you have those things set, then it makes it a little easier to keep track of where you're going. Because <clears throat> I can see I can see the same with songwriting. If you start uh-huh. at the beginning of the song, and then it's like I'm at the end of the song, and I have no idea where I am. Exactly. And so kind of bouncing off of that, um, when you envision your musical in your mind, how does it compare to when it's portrayed on stage by actors? When writing a musical in my mind is, uh, I really see it as a bunch of uh, marotes, which is like a, a stick puppet. Oh. That's the way that I see it. All, all being performed is like a little stick puppet popping around. <laughs> this is the way that it, that it plays out in my mind of, uh, of the way that it goes. Um, I have the whole, I can see the whole musical coming together and the little props also popping up on their little sticks. Uh, that's the way that it looks in my mind. Seeing it on the stage really, to me, seems like someone doing a rendition of the musical that I've been watching for months now in my mind with little stick puppets and then watching it performed on the stage. So it's actually a really cool thing. <clears throat> Yeah, it's really fun to watch it watch it being performed that way. That's oh, that's incredible. I would just love to see my musical on stage. I mean, come on, wouldn't that be crazy? All right. So you were also leading the new NTPA Studios program. Tell us more about that program. NTPA Studios is a program that I wanted to start um, even before I came to NTPA. Uh, this is a secret, so don't let anyone know this. Uh, but it is when I was working at the courtyard. We so I was working with NTPA at the courtyard quite often. Back then, it was Plano Children's Theater, and uh, and I was thinking, you know, no one is doing a film version of what all these student theaters are doing. So my idea was like, oh, I would think could you know join one of these things and and bring it to film because film is I have a lot of background with film before 
coming here. So this was finally my opportunity <laughs> that uh, was was handed to me to start this film program. So it is a it works out the same way as our stages go, where you start with uh, you have eight weeks of rehearsal, but for us we call it filming. You film once a week with that, and then we have our crunch week, which works exactly the same as a tech week. You film every single day, all day Sunday, all day Saturday, and then you come out with a film at the end of that process. And so kind of just going off of that, like what would, um, what was your like film background? Cause I personally am a huge fan of film and I've actually thought about doing some, a little bit of NTPA studio shows. And I was wondering just what got you involved in film in the first place. So my father was a journalist, uh, in the air force and he has a bunch of old reels that he would bring along and show us when we were kids. So we watching those just growing up, it was, it was kind of ingrained with us to be like, oh, filmmaking and being on camera. And we had old, like, I mean, it's the, the typical, I'm an old man. So it's a typical 80, 90s kid story of get a really old camera and, and get together with your friends and, and film these uh, ridiculous films uh, to show to your parents and the friends in the neighborhood to come over and watch. So I did that as a kid. Um, all of the rest of, in the the past jobs that I've had have all had film woven into them. I, like I said, experience begets experience. I'll just say it. Like, the more you do one thing, the more you'll end up doing that thing for the rest of your life. <laughs> so that uh, film was, was uh, wrapped up into that. Um, and then, yeah, here. So if any of you have seen uh, the new Spielberg movie, Fablemans, that basically is the exact same, like, just just um, just feeling at it. Like, they had this, like, old, unique camera, and they went out and shot it. If you mind me asking, what medium was it? Was it, like, 16-millimeter or 8-millimeter that oh, you watched? Sorry. Uh, that I watched? Oh, for my dad? Yeah. A 32. 32? Oh, wow. So yeah. it's pretty good resolution on that yeah. film. And so, um, along the same line of questioning from a while back, um, what are the differences uh, between acting for a movie versus acting on stage? Um, I mean, this is pretty obvious, but uh, I'll go ahead and say it anyway. So, acting on the stage is large. You have to portray physically your emotion to the people in the back of the room. Um, so, when you're sad, you throw your arms up in the air and you throw yourself on the floor. Yeah, this is this is real acting. Um, <laughs> I not being an actor now explaining how acting works. Um, the uh, when you're acting on a film, <clears throat> there's a lot more nuance, uh, a lot more control over the facial expressions that you use and the way that you can hold your eyes and and uh, when you look different directions and be able to portray like. Uh, different senses, very, very small, minute movements come across really, really well on film. Yeah, and I guess you are supposed to portray like real life, like instead of on a stage, like being held up on a pedestal and then basically doing all these crazy things. I can see how that's way different from acting. There's also on film the thing where you have to pay attention to where the camera is the entire oh, time while yes. you're acting without looking at the camera. So it, it, it adds a whole new level of difficulty with that, but also, I don't know, well, challenges make uh, making choices easier, I feel like, with that. so Yeah, you got to have that sixth sense with the cameras, for sure. And so, um, is there anything that surprises you about working with students when it comes to NTPA Studios? I've worked with kids my entire life, so I've, I feel like um, the humans are all humans. Every child is the same. <laughs> that is what I have learned. <laughs> There's no, There are no unique people in the world. Um, and this is your lesson here for the Ace on Your Sleeve podcast from uh, Greg McKnight. <laughs> no one is unique. No, really. No, um, the uh, working with kids, uh, working with students on the films, um, 
how quickly they pick it up, uh, how into it they are. Um, I really didn't know starting the film program if kids were going to come in and be like, this is stupid. Why would I be on a film? Uh, mm-hmm. But no, they're, they're, they pick it up and it, they have a lot of fun with it. Um, even the tech kids are, are quickly learning. And, and uh, we had, you know, grabbing the camera and, and quickly moving it and knocking over all the lights and stuff connected to it. Like that was <laughs> the first. But now those those kids that cause the most chaos are the ones that are, you know, do it the most uh, talented, I should say now. Like really surprising, turning it around. Why do you think students should participate in NTPA Studios? There's something, so for this is uh, for both on stage and on screen and behind the screen, right? This is crew and cast. <clears throat> when you're a cast, again, coming from someone that's not an actor, <laughs> uh, I can tell by watching the reactions when we, uh, so our films premiere in a, in a theater, watching the reaction of your head being uh, 30 feet tall <laughs> suddenly on the screen and and just watching the actor squirm when that happens. Um, There is definitely something about seeing your acting that close up. Also, as an actor on the stage, you never get to watch yourself perform. You have no idea what the show looks like. You have no idea what the, what the turnout is coming out. Like the only thing you have are when your parents and grandparents clap for it at the end of the, uh, at the end, but you don't know, you know, you don't know what it, what, how it came out on film you are there with the with the audience while they're seeing it for the first time and you yourself are sitting there watching it and it is cathartic hmm. um, is the way that I feel like uh-huh. the, the way it comes out it is a surprising um, vulnerable these are all these are all things so if you are looking to uh, see yourself 30 feet tall <laughs> on the screen and uh, squirm in your seat and feel cathartic and vulnerable then that's why you should come act for NTBA studio, uh, NTBA studios, um, for the crew side. It's fun. Like, honestly, <laughs> if you haven't done film, uh, I know you children with your TikToks uh, grab and, and record yourself on the, these little 30 second screens, but actually, uh, holding a camera and doing, uh, intentional movements and stuff like that is all, uh, I think it's fun. It's, it's a, a whole new way to look at uh, performance art. Man, I love that. That was such like a good little piece of dialogue, just even like to carry with you, especially when going into film. I just love hearing like all these things about how it really does make you feel vulnerable. Like even like watching yourself, like I have never done that ever. And I, and I think almost most, um, like musical students have never seen themselves. And I do feel like that is pretty important that you need to be vulnerable at least once or twice in your life. What advice would you give to students who want to pursue the film industry as a career? So this is advice. Uh, here's old man advice for you guys. Um, decide if you want to do, and this is literally for anything. It's going to be film, music, uh, stages, acting, uh, art. Decide if you want to do it professionally or decide if you're going to do it for fun. I don't know if that's been said on this podcast before, but that is what I would say here is uh, if you want to perf- pursue film, you really have to make the decision if you're going to do it for realsies <laughs> or if you're going to do it for funsies. Um, and then, of course, to clarify that statement, for funsies is for real. Art is fun. You can do that. You can have fun with it. And that is equally as much real as if you decide to do it professionally. And there are countless opportunities for you to act in film, for countless opportunities for you to uh, be crew without having to, I don't know, devote your whole life to it. So, there you go. 
That is, we've asked that questions many times on this, many times on this podcast, and I think that was just a beautiful answer. Very, and um, like your, um, like your writing and music and song style, that was very unique, and that's where we very much appreciate that. <laughs> and now, Mr. Greg, it's the time in the Ace Up Your Sleeve podcast where we ask every guest the same five quick questions. You must answer every question quickly and without explanation. Are you ready? I am ready. What was the name of the first show you performed? Dream Girls. What is your favorite show? Last five years. What is your favorite role? <laughs> there are no favorite roles. Oh. <laughs> my favorite role is being a father to my new daughter. Oh, that's a sweet answer. Uh, what is your dream role? Uh, Judge Lord Frollo from Hunchback of Notre Dame. What is your favorite candy? Circus Peanuts. Thank you so much, Mr. Greg, for talking with us on the Ace Up Your Sleeve podcast. And until next time, I'm Rockin' Young. Remember, you always have a winning hand with an ace up your sleeve. The Ace Up Your Sleeve podcast is brought to you by the students of the Acting Company for Excellence at North Texas Performing Arts. This podcast was created by Reckon Young, with sound design and editing by Latham Young. Faculty supervision is provided by Hannah Brewer. NTPA is a nonprofit organization dedicated to developing the character of youth through quality performing arts education and family entertainment. Learn more about upcoming programs and events at ntpa.org.